for joining us on this week's episode of Faith on the Go, where we will revisit this last Sunday's readings, the gospel, and sermon from Pastor John Norquist. If you like this podcast, please like and follow our channel to get new audio episodes added weekly. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy Faith on the Go. This service is from Sunday, October 16th, 2022. The first reading comes from Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. Returning to the home he had fled many years before after stealing his brother's birthright and his father's blessing, Jacob wrestles all night long with a divine adversary who ultimately blesses him and changes his name to Israel, a name that means he wrestles with God. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose up upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. The second reading comes from Timothy. The writer of this letter continues his instruction of Timothy, his younger colleague in ministry, by emphasizing the importance of faithful teaching despite opposition. As for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, Do the work of an evangelist. Carry out your ministry fully. 
And we're going to conclude our podcast with Pastor John's gospel reading and sermon, which comes from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Jesus tells a parable of an unjust judge who is worn down by a widow's pleas. Jesus is calling God's people to cry out for justice and deliverance. For an if an unethical judge will ultimately grant the plea of a persistent widow, how much more will God respond to those who call? Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the gospel of the Lord. I invite you to join with me now in a word of prayer. God, thank you for hearing us, for listening to the cries of a suffering and hurting world. Thank you for love which comes into this world, into our lives, into our hurts and our burdens, to share them, to open up a new way, a way of hope, a way of healing, a way of life. Lord, come afresh to your church in this time that we may realize anew our vocation, our calling that you have for us to live as people of faith, to be persistent in season and out of season, to not lose heart. Strengthen us, Lord. We cannot do this alone. We need you. We need one another. Gather together your people once again for the tasks that are before us this day. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, Amen. So the beginning of our second reading started out, But as for you, but as for you. You may have heard the sobering statistic that life expectancy is declining in our nation. Recently, the Center for Disease Control published its finding that life expectancy for the overall population of the United States has declined for the second year in a row. 
and life expectancy in the United States is significantly lower than that of our neighbors. And part of this is attributed to pandemic-related deaths, but it also includes things like heart disease, chronic liver disease, and cirrhosis, and suicide. New terminology has emerged over the past few years identifying something called diseases of despair. Diseases of despair and a corresponding deaths of despair. This refers to otherwise preventable diseases and conditions that take hold when a person gives up on life. You know what I'm talking about, church? When a person gives up on life, getting lost in an overwhelming array of unhealthy choices from drug and alcohol abuse to unhealthy lifestyles, a sense of isolation, and an overall feeling of weariness and exhaustion. Deaths of despair. Church, these are not conditions for life to flourish and to thrive. And because our lives are interconnected, even though we sometimes try to think, I'm just on my own, we're fooling ourselves when we think that way. Our lives are interconnected. This is a problem that touches all of us. It touches everyone, even the healthiest among us. And it directly addresses the soul of our nation, the soul of our life together. And I think it also speaks to our identity as disciples of Jesus, asking questions that he directly addressed, such as your relationship to your neighbor. And in today's gospel reading, our need to not lose heart. Our need to not lose heart. There's a little bit of cultural baggage that could cause some ambivalence around the opening line of today's gospel reading. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Prayer has an unfortunate history, I think, in our context of sometimes being used to dismiss those complicated and uncomfortable aspects of our humanity. And it's sometimes misunderstood as one more way of appropriating just whatever you want to having a good life. Our world of commerce has bred a sense of entitlement and unfettered access for some, and prayer might seem to reinforce a distinction between those who enjoy God's favor and everybody else. And that gets kind of reinforced by statements like, well, you just need to pray harder, or I prayed and I didn't get what I wanted. Those statements express a sense of profound alienation from the God who instead persistently and unexpectedly shows up in our world and who yearns for an intimate and authentic relationship with each person, wherever they are, whatever their situation might be. What Jesus urged is less like our kind of buffet style of uh, picking out what you want approach to prayer, 
and more like a deep and intimate friendship that's marked by regular communication, by vulnerability, and trust. Trust that is built over going through things together. Sometimes such prayer might be less about speaking and more about listening and time spent together, intimate time spent together. It certainly includes your questions and your requests of God, but it also includes God's requests of you and the resources that you will need to carry those requests out. It includes God's dream of a creation restored and flourishing where the powers of sin and death give way to never-ending love. Jesus was enlisting followers who are deeply invested in this dream, who are willing to roll up their sleeves and engage in it with whatever it takes, who are in regular communication with the author of life and whose strength is regularly renewed from the wellspring of the Spirit. Not that you muster up your own strength, renewed from the wellspring of the Spirit who transcends us all and who connects us all. Today's first reading offered a compelling example in Jacob, whose striving after blessing led him to a mysterious encounter with a man who wrestled with him through the night. Although the man remained a stranger, Jacob realized something bigger was happening in this encounter. I've seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. He was blessed by this encounter, but it also changed him, giving him a new name, a new name, and causing him to walk for the rest of his life with a limp. His story vividly describes encountering God in the midst of struggles and being transformed in unexpected ways. You don't have to look hard to find the qualities of prayer in Jacob's story, although maybe it seems a little strange and mysterious. Jesus' parable today takes us even closer to home. It might be hard to imagine yourself uh, involved in a middle-of-the-night wrestling match with a mysterious divine stranger, possibly divine being. I don't know if anyone's ever done that, but I think we all can envision someone like the woman that Jesus described in his parable. In your mind's eye, I'd like you to think about someone like that, someone who uh, knows what she wants, Maybe there's some obstacles standing in the way, but says, this is where I'm going. This is how I'm going to get this thing done. I hope all of us have had a chance to know somebody like that. Someone who might be otherwise dismissed, but whose refusal to give up manages to strike fear into those who hold what she's after. Don't mess with women like that. A cool little detail, this is an aside, um, the translation is kind of polite, where the unjust judge says, well, even though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, I'll give her what she wants so she won't wear me out by continually coming. 
What that, that's a polite translation for, so she won't come and slap my face, <laughs> is what it literally says. I think that Jesus was making at least two points in this story. Church, the world is going to put many obstacles in your way. And there are going to be times when you are tempted to despair. This is just too much. I'm giving up. I'm checking out. I don't have what it takes to do this. Church, remember in those times, look to those witnesses, those spirited, perhaps even belligerent people among us who refuse to take no for an answer, who are bound and determined. The person I'm thinking, and I don't know if she's watching today, is Marilyn Judson. <laughs> Marilyn, I'm thinking of you. <laughs> and I've known other women as, as well. Um, remember those ones. Remember the witnesses that are surrounding you. Look to them. And remember as well that in the face of all those obstacles and things that get in the way, that God is not an unjust judge with no respect for people, but rather the creator of all who never sleeps, who watches over you so that your feet will not slip, who hears your cry and who comes to your aid and who will guide your going and your coming, your going out and your coming in, who will lead you in the path of life. Amen.